Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. It probably feels like a long time since you've heard us. I'm Katie Tyler and I had a week off to recharge my batteries uh, and I'm very lucky to be back again to have a guest with us to talk to us about working with different departments from large departments to smaller departments and yes is here to talk about um, the experience of both really um, I know that you've been teaching within a sort of department of five and then more re recently uh, 12 members of staff within your your team I'm really just getting some insight from that because personally I've only ever really worked in quite relatively quite small departments within social sciences and haven't had to adapt that and I know that sort of people haven't had that sort of wealth of experience so just to sort of give a little bit of insight how long have you worked in this sort of department of, of five? So the department, when I was in the department of five, I was there for, well, I began my NQT year there. Uh, so I did in total uh, five years. Yeah, five years. in Five, in five years. Of five. For, yeah, so five years. for five. And then obviously recently it's department of 12. So is that relatively new or is, is that? Yeah, so um, I took on it. I went to a new, I took on a, a social, sorry, a social sciences job in another school. Uh, the department was seven, and then we've recently become bigger uh, because we've joined with another department, which I've now taken on the head of department role for both. So we've merged. So that's the sort of lots of different questions I have around that. So the idea that you've gone from, you know, working with a small department and sort of the, the, the challenges and the benefits of working with that, but also then working to a larger department, obviously as the head of department, but also having to sort of sort of just it's also a growing department really so i suppose one sort of launching sort of the question um what what would you say the challenges are that are sort of different from working in a de small department versus a larger department what do you think sort of the, the challenges have been between the two would you say the, definitely the cha the biggest challenge of working in a smaller department is the amount of opportunities you can do with other people um i felt working in a smaller department you felt like you were psychology, sociology, and you had health and social care, but there's no one really to bounce things off. In terms of subject, you know, content, you knew subject content, there was a lot of support there. Uh, I'm not saying the textbook is everything, but, you know, the information was in the textbook and you could create some really nice PowerPoints. And if you had good teaching and learning strategies, you could get that across and that information would be taught. Um, and then as teaching has developed for me and as I've taken on new roles, you, you realise there's a lot more to it. So you've got to be working with English in terms of improving your literacy, looking at collaborative practice there. When I did psychology, there was math. You needed to do some work with maths. Uh, so the, the collaborative effort, you felt, was quite limited. Uh, whereas when you enter a larger department, you've got a lot more people to bounce ideas off. Uh, discussion seemed to be a lot more driven. Uh, and there's a lot more to play around with. Uh, and it moves away from just doing psychology or sociology uh, into sharing good practice that they've picked up from a lot of other departments as well. So there's a lot of opportunities there. I think that's the challenge of the smaller that's overcome in the larger. Uh, but again, with the larger, one of the things that you start to feel is to some degree, the, the when you are moderating work, it, it does slow down a little bit. You know, you want this collaborative effort from all the departments to understand the schemes of learning, especially in the climate that we're working now where, you know, if Ofsted were to come in, there's an expectation that, you know, the whole team understand our intents, our impacts, um, and see where, see how our schemes of learning were made. So I've always tried to get the department involved in that to understand why we do the things that we do. 
Um, and yes, we could be psychology, sociology, health and social care. We also have philosophy and ethics, but to also understand uh, why our department does it that way, uh, why we do it that way. And we're true to that. So that, that can be quite a challenge in the bigger mm. department. So there's quite, there's quite a lot of questions that have come out of that for me, really. So thinking about, start with the small department. Obviously, one of the challenges was the sort of, I suppose, the hard sort of bouncy ideas off different people because there wasn't that volume of people there to do that. So how did you, in that, how if, as teachers that working in small departments, I'm, I'm personally currently in a small department at the moment, how do you then overcome that challenge when there might be only sort of three, four, five of you, if not just one of you? How did you overcome that initially? Create, you'd have to create a CPD program within the department um, and look at what procedures there are within the school that allow you to work with other departments. Um, so their doors aren't then closed because you're following the school's CPD route. Um, so you, you, you're really tapping into that and creating a department CPD schedule in line with the quality, quality assurance procedures within the school and performance management systems. And that's what I looked at. Uh, in terms of, right, that's how we're going to drive the department forward and really benefit from other departments' expertise and share our expertise as well because there were plenty of opportunities for staff to share their expertise, uh, especially when you're moving up your career stages and there's an expectation that you are sharing that type of practice. So trying to create those opportunities for those staff as well. So I started with a CPD schedule, uh, mirrored the performance management cycle and the opportunities created by that and the CPD expectations. Um, and that's the way I went about it. And I spoke to the department members in terms of what areas would they like to focus on. Uh, they weren't, you know, we weren't champions as such. We weren't saying, right, this is, you know, a literacy champion. Uh, it was a lot more, without saying a literacy champion, we had a literacy champion. Someone wants to work with English and they want to develop this idea, uh, area of their practice. So they'd go out and do that over a two week period. Uh, so I'd say, right, this is this week's this fortnight focus we're going to go out there and work with the other departments come back for the department next week how can we implement that in terms of our department so following that kind of like schedule uh, route really worked for us and it, it was nice because it felt it followed the performance management cycle as well so it made it a lot more easier and work-life balance was fine you know it didn't feel like it was anything extra for the staff members to have to do so the buying was there yeah, like how did you stop them feeling it was an additional thing, but was it part of obviously the school's CPD schedule already then? Um, so I had some flexibility over how I did it. Um, but really, yeah, you know, the, the, the school had its own CPD focus and I was allowed to shape it the way I felt right for our department. Um, so when we started sort of looking at more cognitive strategies of learning, so looking at retrieval and those kind of things, it fell in really nicely with the whole school focus. I mean, you... You know, being me, being me, I knew I had to be quite strategic about it. Uh, because That's the thing I say to you. What is it about you? Because I, I, I have been. Oh, I was head of department. It's quite interesting. Stuff like think when you think about all the things and thinking. Well, actually, to create sort of a CPD schedule, there's obviously something about your your personality in order to do that. So tell me a bit more about that. Like, why did you feel that was a need? What? Sorry about my personality. Yeah, no, yeah, not without getting into a sort of psychology thing, but like just thinking about like that is what you said. For me to be me, I, I had to take a strategic uh, approach to this. Um, like, what, what do you find the benefit of doing that would be, or was? Um, getting the buy-in really. So you had to you had to know who you were talking to when you've got a teacher that's been teaching for over te uh, you know twenty years. 
and they've seen schemes of learning come in, they've seen assessment, they've seen these whole focuses come in, and they pass by, and it's like, right, well, we've seen this, we've done this, uh, you know, they've seen these fantastic ideas, and you don't want to take away from that, but we have to drive forward. Um, and it was getting that, right, this is the reason we're doing it. This is the reason it's going to help us. This is the way it's going to help you as an individual with your own career. Um, and this is how it's going to feed into the whole school. Um, so creating those opportunities. I think having a performance management system in place makes it so much easier. Uh, but also, once you become the head of the department, you can do those things. Uh, whereas when when you're not head of department, it's kind of like right, well, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you wanting to do this? Uh, are you coming up to UPR? Are you, you wanting to check, you know go through the threshold? And I think for me, when I moved into my second school, I was quite open uh, with my head of department at the time about my own ideas, uh, and I didn't want to bring in a dramatic change because what worked worked. They did it. You know, what did I know? Um, and when I got in there, I started to get a bit, a bit of a feel. Okay, so this is how staff are approaching CPD. This is how they're approaching performance management. Um, and then really putting in the strategy there, working backwards. Where do I want it to be in a year's time? What will it look like? What will it feel like? Um, and I, I did a lot of training anyway, so I'm, I'm aware of like teacher development. Um, so I think in some ways, without really saying it, it's the knowledge that I got from those trainings uh, that I used. So getting that strategic approach, like you said, into that. So what's the second, I mean, I know you've talked about, I've sort of gone on a slightly different tangent from things you said, there's quite a lot of little things that sort of I was sort of playing in my mind when you were talking, and obviously you talked about the sort of challenges of working in a big department and a large department. Uh, I'd like to, in a minute, touch upon um, how you've grown your department and, and from the, like the sort of size seven now to, to 12. But what I wanted to come back to is, is that buy-in. Now, I know you sort of got the strategic plan to get that buy-in from from staff. Um, and then you sort of t mentioned, and I think this is something worth sort of like exploring it really, and, I, and I've experienced this before as well, is having lots of experienced members of staff within your department or within your faculty, depending on how schools sort of shape their organisation structure. And sometimes that can be quite, not always, because actually, you know, doesn't mean that you've been a teacher for a long time that you're going to be sort of like, oh, I don't want to take on any new ideas. Um, but what worked for you to get that buy-in from sort of more experienced members of staff that have been teaching, like you said, have seen things come and go, you know, policies come and go, initiatives come and go. How do you sort of get the buy-in from them? Because you've got ECTs, you've got sort of teachers have been sort of popping around for five years, and then you've got teachers that maybe have been teaching for 15 to 20 years. Um, how have you, I assume your makeup of your staff as as a mixture of all of those, but let's well, let's start with the sort of the more experienced member stuff. How have you got that buy in? I know you've got the schedule, but what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What, what, what magic do you do? So it was really uh, to start with the baseline to see what the area was. So one of the biggest uh, focuses for us was retrieval. Um, so it, you know, it was a whole school focus, it's something that we needed to do. Um, and there's an L, you know, we don't want passive engagement from staff. We want them to really be involved in terms of what we're doing. Uh, so for me, it was right. Well, this is retrieval. This is what it means. We've talked about it in psychology anyway. But this is retrieval. These are the strategies that are being used. What do you guys do? So over a week, they audited it. You know, when did I use retrieval? What did it look like? And not giving it a name because I think a lot of, you know, more experienced staff didn't give it a name. They just did it. 
Uh, it was just part of their package of what they brought into the classroom. So we've got them to audit it in some way. Uh, to say, right, okay, next week we're going to be meeting. This is what retrieval is. What do you do? Um, and then we met the next department meeting and they shared it. So it was like, right, okay, so these are the retrieval strategies that exist out there. Which ones are you using then? And all of a sudden it's like members of staff saying, right, okay, I've used this. I didn't know it was called that. It was just part of my package that I brought into the classroom. And you start to see that, okay, now we've got great skills within the department and people are approaching things very differently. You know, some, you know, their, their, their questionings are absolutely perfect. Uh, so they're showing us the resources that you're using. And then I encourage them to say, right, now that you've liked this member of staff's work, do something with them just for a week. Just create some resources that you could use and feedback. So we came back to the next department meeting, commented on how useful was it, how important uh, was it, you know, did it successfully retrieve knowledge, uh, would we use it again? And it's that kind of thing that understanding that the um, the skills within the department, you know, they are out there, whether it's a smaller department or a bigger department, it's just that was the key thing to tap in. Uh, and I knew that with my more experienced members of staff, that they'd seen so much, they had just had so much to share. And then you started to see the other members of staff almost like a snowball effect, thinking, I want to use that. So you said the ECTs, the ECTs were loving it. Uh, we only had one that I've experienced it with, but, you know, absolutely, I said, I really do want to go to try it. I want to try that. This is my year to try these things. So felt encouraged in that way to do it. Um, and then, then, you, then you've got your engagement between the members of staff and the discussions are happening. And you know you don't say you don't say no to your own members of staff in your department. You're a team, and it doesn't feel like an effort. It doesn't feel like a chore. And you've got the vested interest then. And I think that really worked for me. I was always you know the bad one. I was always the one right. Do this, do that, which was fine uh, for me to be honest with you because I knew what was going to come from it. That as long as they were working collectively to see the you know the. Uh, end game it was working um you know they got annoyed at me constantly sending out reminders do this do that make sure this is done but ultimately it starts to happen itself if you now talk about retrieval it's happening every day in the classroom you can go on a learning walk you can do whatever you want you will see retrieval happening the kids know retrieval you do your own student voice um so as a head of department you do your own student voice senior leadership do their student voice they do the curriculum reviews they're saying right retrieval is being used it's just there now in the classroom. It's with, with with that though, you have so many different focuses, literacy, high ability, boys, you know, there's so much. And I think that's where it becomes difficult because you can't wrap them all up at the same time and you can't do it term by term and you can embed something, you can implement it, but to sustain it, it needs longevity. Um, and then I think that's where you've kind of got to pick the ones that matter to you. Um, looking at your own results, analysing your results, what's really important, what have we noticed here. So if it's boys underachieving, that has to be an area. If we're finding that there's variation between papers one, two and three, synopticity, um, how often are we bringing paper one back? How often are the students going back through education? So really it comes from the, the raw data of the exams and the own analysis to say, right, this is what we need to focus on. These are our priorities and this is why. Um, yeah, I've got a lot from that. Oh, yeah, good. No, sorry, come on. No, because it's six. Sort of things I sort of picked up from what you were saying is one is is knowing your staff and sort of and then and then sort of 
and trusting them, I suppose, as an element of that, which I know that previous guests have talked about as well, um, but also getting them to audit what they already do. So rather than saying, oh, by the way, this is retrieval, this is what we're going to bring into place, is actually thinking, well, you're probably using it already, so where are we using it? And then sharing and collaborating, so encouraging the, the team to work together. I think in addition to that, and I think the sort of the last point that you sort of clarified was, you know, there are lots of different strategies that are out there and actually it's not just doing it just because you've been told to do it, but what's going to make value to your students and your team and, and move them forward. Um, and particularly, you know, if there's, if like we said, if it's boys under achievement, that's the area that you focus on. So it's lots of things to sort of take away from that, that, you know, if anyone's thinking, oh, actually, I'm, I'm now in the department, I've got lots of experience staff. Um, it's probably like, there's like you've said, start off point might be just auditing what they already do, because it might be we've been called something else in the past, but basically, it, it's maybe still the same thing um, and not being afraid to, to get stuff to collaborate and sort of sharing that good practice but also like I think the important thing is maybe we don't take everything on at, at once and like you said it all can't be wrapped up in, in one go um, so next thing I'm sort of interested in is, is obviously that transition you've made from sort of working with quite a, a medium-sized department of, of seven people um, and now working with 12 was that did you grow the set of interest obviously don't know the background on this did you grow that department was that something that was just like you know when uh, schools merge departments so they turn them into more like faculties um uh, if just sort of a bit of clarification on that yeah what it was is um there was never really any intentions to to merge the departments in that respect my uh, my only plan was to have, increase our student numbers we wanted more gcse students we wanted more a-level students that that was my dream um, I'm familiar with the area that I am, and I've seen the you know the other schools. Um, and for me, I, I, I you know I'm I'm putting my career in this school, so I really want to put all my effort into it. So my idea was to grow the department in terms of numbers um, and the social sciences subjects that we offer. It just happened to be that we had another department that was smaller, um, and the opportunity came, and uh, it was put to me, you know what do you think and I thought well, yeah fantastic um I love the opportunity uh you know there'll be some growth it's going to be difficult no doubt uh but I like the opportunity for growth and that's my approach to it it's the approach I took and it worked I think I mean I hope they 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 agree um I've asked them for a bit of feedback and things seem positive but to do that I think for the trust to be put into me and for the offer to be made to me, because it could have gone into different directions and different other subjects could have taken it, is really the systems that I put in place. And we used every day uh, as part of the department, so the foundations are strong. Um, so even though there was this element of sim similarities in terms of, right, we teach some of this, not the same subjects, but the same topic areas, um, I mean, for example, we didn't take politics, we, you know, we, we, you know, politics, it does have that overlap with sociology, but, you know, for philosophy, that was their key thing. Um, and it was just those systems, really. Uh, similar students, in terms of what we were expecting, where our uh, options were for the GCSEs, A-levels, we were having similar, similar students, we had done work with the department before, um, so it almost felt natural by the time it came to it. Yeah, so you talked about some systems. I know you talked about the CPD systems. Um, and obviously, you know, people are new to being a sort of head of department or want to try out some different systems. What systems do you think have worked for you quite well? What have you sort of, other than the CPT one, what do you think you've sort of transferred across 
different departments, whether that be the social media, the psychology, the health and social care, the philosophy and ethics, which systems do you think, oh, well, yeah, they're my sort of the ones, they're my go-tos that are sort of, have really worked well, that are sort of, maybe someone else could pick them up or, you know, sort of implement potentially. Yeah. We, we start the year, um, blank spreadsheet, blank document there, and we have four tabs. Year 10, 11, 12, 13, priority students. Who are our priority students? Um, and we're looking at students that have been identified by the school as being pupil premium, SEND, EAL. Um, and then boys. Boys is, you know, massive on my agenda at the moment just because of the needs within uh, the, the students that we have based on the previous data. So they were at our tabs. And going to our systems within school, and seeing right what what's worked, uh, what are we suggesting? Because the school's very good at sharing information. So when we take over the year tens, there's a lot of information through the systems that we have. Say, look, this is a year nine student who we've had. This is what's worked, and those systems of transferring information over to us were really helpful. Um, so those were the first things. Right, these are our priority students. What do we need to prioritise? What skills have worked before uh, with them, what te technique, strategy, sorry, skills, strategies, apologies, what strategies have worked with these students before. Um, and just jotting that down and then thinking, right, okay, so over the next few weeks, we're going to monitor this and we're going to add our own uh, information to this. So understanding our priority students and then growing that. So then we start to move towards students as the, the course goes on, right, so we're now going to be putting in target grades for these students. Yeah, we've got, so what we have is we have the grades that come from the DFE, but then we do our own target grades in, in the way that we look at assessments that they've done for small markets uh, or essays. Uh, how, they be, how have they done in those little assessments in class, which in itself requires its own skill because you've got to do flight paths in terms of understanding, well, if I can get, if I'm doing a six marker, it doesn't translate to a ten marker. Mm. What skills are they showing me here? What can I do with this? And keep going back to that. And I think that's been quite effective for us because if you ask any member of staff about their students, they know them really well. Uh, you know, so we have data on these students that we're planning our lessons with. Uh, so someone should be able to walk in and say, that's happening because I've seen that, you've said that. So when we have other members of staff coming in to do peer-to-peer -peer work, uh, collaborative work, they're seeing what's working with these students, what we're done. I think that's been quite positive. It's really helped our student relationships as well. It comes through in the student voice where they're always commenting on how well the staff know them. Uh, and not just from an academic point of view, but from almost like a social way as well, uh, in terms of knowing when the right time is to talk to these students, what type of feedback to give them. Um, and I think that organic nature of the documentation is the best thing because we start blank yeah we've got some data from year nine how much are we going to really be using that and then we've got data from year 11 going into year 12 how much are we going to be really using that by the time we get you know a lot of our six forms come from other schools by the time we get information it's rare and it's only important contextual information so i think that in itself has been quite helpful you know if i, I only last night i was looking at the documentation our activity spreadsheet and the growth within it for all our members of staff within the department are working from this they're planning the lessons according to this they're understanding those things and you've got to do you, you know you check yourself so you know i'll do a learning walk and i'll ask them you know you said you were doing this for that student uh, what does it look like and what was it like before that's what's been quite important for us i think that's changed things um i think that that for me that's the key thing uh, mm. from a teaching and learning point of view.
that's been the key thing from a more of a management route it's also helped in terms of you know what's happening with these students so as soon as the data comes through so we've had if their tracking period ended just before christmas so the year 13s have done their marks the year 11s right so this is what the data is saying uh, when we're comparing them nationally to figures because of the data programs that we use what's the data what's our data saying that well actually they're behind where they should be in comparison to other students when they were previously measured and again you've got to take that with a pinch of salt but it is something that you have a tool so it helps manage that it allows you to have those uh, informed conversations as well. You know, this student, two terms ago, you know, you were saying that they were going to get a, a B. Um, you know, I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying it's you, but I want to know what's happened here. Um, and that's been really useful. And I don't think, I think my approach is not to, it's not a blame thing. It's just understanding, well, what do we need to do to get that back up? Um, and I think that's been quite helpful from a management point of view as well. It's also helped inform drop uh, observations when we do them in learning works, right who we're going to go see what we're going to see why we're going to see this and staff also understand well, why 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 today why this group um you know we don't tell them in advance um and that you know they're respectful of that but then when you're doing the feedback right this is the reason i came uh this is the reason we had this conversation and you know you'll you'll always get your art oh, you know why and why today it was a you know I was just revising I was doing you know I was doing that but I think it's fair I think you know whether they say it to me or not they know it's fair they know why it wasn't just a random thing you know the manager has put some thought into why they've come to see this they've made the effort so there's almost that reciprocation as well um, and that that definitely does help the dialogue yeah definitely and I think that's the first thing we sort of came back back to it sort of centred around that is knowing your students I think and and then why you're doing that so obviously you might have data that might be from DFE or sort of uh, 11 data but actually it's it's like you said more organic than that and the that it's actually getting to understand the students and therefore you know there's sort of a vested interest that the reason you're doing it is because of those students and that's why your staff know that um, as well. There's so much there, so much to take in. And I, we could we could talk away for ages, and I know that like sort of covered quite a lot of different. Started off talking about how we can grow uh, a department, what the difference is between a large and a small department, but also talking about the systems that we can put into place and how to support uh, and sort of use the the skills within your staff body. That if you've got sort of obviously experienced members of staff, rather than thinking right, we're going to bring a new initiative, everything you've learned before is is outdated. Actually, sort of to enhance that and think, well, actually, there's lots you can bring to the table. So it's great to have that refresher, and, and you know, I think it's really great to have sort of the wealth of knowledge and the experience that you've had. Um, it seems to really echo something like a previous guest we had called um, Stephen, who basically said something very similar that it's about knowing your staff and to have that transparency and that collaboration. Um, he was talking about sort of his experience with deep dives, and I think he had a I can't, I can't remember the volume, but he had hundreds of students taking yeah, I think, I think sociology. Yeah, about five hundred students when I heard yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I never know that. But I think he's saying the same. You know, if you've got quite big departments of 12, I think you can't not, you can't do it without having systems because I think like something you mentioned right at the beginning, that you need to have that triangulation of, um, you know, what you're, what you're saying about your intent lifting has to be mirrored whether you're, you know, teaching sociology or psychology or any other science, social science subjects. And there needs to be that, then the only way around that would be through a system. It can't be a sort of ad hoc. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. a different even the decode as well so it, it's it's nice to hear it also from 
the other side where he's obviously had an offset expansion. I don't know if you've you've had or, or not recently, but you're saying the same thing as well. So it sort of echoes the importance of, of that, particularly within big departments where um, there's there's scope for things to to maybe be a little bit more, I don't know, diverse or hidden a little bit. It's important that there's that transparency as well. So thank you so much, especially on the first week back as well. Um, <laughs> it's like about to do some fire on that. Sorry about that. But thank you for your time, Yessa. And thank you for, um, you know, talking to us and, uh, and hopefully I'll get to speak to you again. Have a lovely right. evening and you take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to you Sociology. Find us at tutor2u.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor2usoc or Instagram at tutor2usoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.